0: Everybody, you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 322. Today is Thursday, March 9th, 2023. And in today's episode, I want to cover a topic I get questions about from photography students. And that question is What is a rangefinder camera? In the world of photography, Mirrorless cameras are now on the rise, and they have pushed DSLRs aside into the history of camera technology. But, as you know, film is not dead thanks to a renewed interest in it from many new photographers. But film cameras are not the only tech that is still not quite dead. There are also still rangefinder cameras. A rangefinder which seems to be a dinosaur in photography, is still not dead, with their designs being sharp, fast, and a challenge to even the most skilled photographers to use. Not everyone in photography needs a rangefinder camera, but those that are curious should try one out at some point and experiment with these cameras that started modern photography. Now, there are digital versions of rangefinders out there, but even more models exist from the film era. Now, a rangefinder has no AF, no autofocus at all, no zoom lenses, and no bells, whistles, or frills. They are just a simplified camera that has become a real pleasure to shoot with. They are just a simplified camera that isn't an intuitive tool to work with and they continue to produce some of the most amazing images even today. So let's start off with the question, what is a rangefinder? A true rangefinder camera uses a double window system that provides a very accurate way to manually focus. And although many people think a rangefinder doesn't have a viewfinder, they do and one that has bright lines that show the frame of the film or sensor and help the photographer use it to compose the shot. They also have a rangefinder window near the viewfinder. And this window projects a separate image onto the viewfinder image. And when the two views line up, the lens is in perfect focus on the subject. To focus with a rangefinder camera, the photographer simply lines up the lens focus until the focusing patch is aligned with the main viewfinder scene. Now, besides allowing super tack sharp focus without any electronics at all to function, there are no electronics that try to decide who's the subject of the scene. And a rangefinder also helps the photographer with their depth of field. Originally used primarily by cartographers and sailors, the rangefinder employs triangulation to gauge a subject's distance or range, hence the name rangefinder. And once you have properly focused on your subject, you can look at your lens distance scale to see the absolute focusing distance. With knowing exactly how far away your subject is, You can then use the depth of field scale to achieve a nice, shallow depth of field for your shot. A rangefinder camera will make you work a bit and think a bit. But, like anything else, with time and practice, it gets easier and easier to use. And, of course, if you head over to today's show notes, you can see some images made with the rangefinder cameras, as well as what some of the various rangefinder models have been over the years. So although a novice can pick up a rangefinder camera and shoot with it, it is an especially great tool for those that are seasoned photographers. The overall quality of a rangefinder remains high, and there are several factors to explain this. Besides the super accurate focus, Rangefinders also get excellent results as they employ a really high-quality prime lens. They do not use zoom lenses as they're constantly changing focal lengths. A zoom would be impossible to use with the rangefinder window. It's also beneficial that rangefinders only use primes as prime lenses are known for producing much higher-quality images than any zoom lens could. And because the rangefinder doesn't use a mirror to project the image from the lens to the viewfinder, the lens sits much closer to the film plane or sensor, which helps create a very sharp, well-defined image. So a little bit of the history of the rangefinder. Early non-coupled rangefinder cameras used a separate rangefinder system that allowed the photographer to determine the distance to the subject and then transfer this calculation directly to the lens's focusing ring. Now, rangefinder cameras usually refer to a camera with coupled rangefinders, such as the original Kodak 3A Autographic Special made in 1916. But rangefinders took their greatest leap forward in technology with the introduction of the Leica 35mm film cameras and the early a cameras popularized the use of rangefinder add-ons. But the legendary M3 first combined the viewfinder and rangefinder in 1954. Now, the M designation in this model stands for, uh, I think it's pronounced Mosher, Mosher, which is the German word for viewfinder rangefinder. The Leica M3 was such a huge commercial success, with over 220,000 units sold during its production run through its 12-year production cycle, which ended in 1966. Now, other companies that found success with the film rangefinder models of cameras were Nikon, Canon, Kodak, Zeiss, Contax, and Argus. But with the rise of SLRs, or single-lens reflex cameras, such as the iconic Nikon F in 1959 with autofocus lenses, that ended the dominance of the rangefinder. But even these new technologies could not totally kill off the rangefinder. Now, more amateur versions of rangefinders were still successful in the 1960s, and Japanese brands such as Canon, Fuji, Olympus, Yoshika, Ricoh, Minolta and Mamiya were still producing popular fixed-lens 35mm rangefinder cameras that survived for a time before autofocusing compact 35mm film cameras stole their thunder. With the ubiquity of the electronic viewfinder, some now consider today's rangefinders an obsolete system. But newcomer camera companies like Pixie are developing new, state-of-the-art rangefinder cameras. And Leica's new M11 sells for more money than any other prosumer full-frame camera on the market today. Even today, the rangefinder's benefits still outweigh its disadvantages. And that has been keeping the system still relevant a century after it was first introduced. In 2010, Fujifilm unveiled the Fujifilm X100 an influential camera that started the company's X100 series of cameras and led to a new wave of digital cameras inspired by the vintage camera designs. Although the X100 line is designed to look and work like a rangefinder camera, it is not technically an actual rangefinder body. The X100 line does feature a direct optical viewfinder just like an actual rangefinder, But it does not have the focusing system of a true rangefinder. So it is considered a rangefinder style camera and not a true rangefinder body. Now, starting with the X100T and current models, which would include the V, Fujifilm did introduce an electronic rangefinder feature. But this is simply a small EVF display in the corner of the optical viewfinder that provides an enlarged view of the patch the photographer is focusing on, and the focusing still does not rely on lining up the two patches to achieve focus like a true rangefinder would. The faux rangefinder systems make manual focusing while using the optical viewfinder much easier and more like a mechanical rangefinder. At least that's what Fujifilm states. And it's not just the X100T. Fujifilm has other camera bodies that emulate the look of a rangefinder, one of them being their XE line, and I have the XE4. It is considered a rangefinder style body, but it's not a true rangefinder. And the same with my GFX 50R. That is fashioned to look like a rangefinder, even though it's not actually a true rangefinder body. So what are some of the benefits of rangefinder cameras? Well, there's many things to like in a rangefinder camera, such as the focus, the feel, and the simplicity, the overall experience, the list goes on and on. But this isn't to say that a DSLR or mirrorless digital camera is garbage in comparison to a rangefinder, only that each camera type offers its advantages, and for a classic or mechanical photographer, the rangefinder hits a lot of high notes. Super fast, accurate focus. The rangefinder's single greatest attribute is that it has extremely precise focus to make certain you get a great image capture. But it must be mentioned in the early days of the SLRs, before the event advent of autofocus lenses, the viewfinder screen showed a fuzzy overall scene until the lens focused on the actual subject. Now, comparing this to the rangefinder small rectangle in the middle of the viewfinder, here is this rectangle that is where the focus becomes clear. Our human eyes are better at detecting double and split images than they are at discerning between a totally sharp and a nearly sharp image. Rangefinders make focusing super easy. And if you're focusing on a telephone pole, it will be in focus when the pole makes a continuous straight line from the outer area of the viewfinder down through the central focusing rectangle and again into the viewfinder's outer area. This is called split image focusing. Now for a subject like a person's head, the viewfinder will show a fuzzy low contrast duplicate head when it's out of focus. When the focusing rectangle shows one fused brilliant image and the head is in focus, this is a double image focusing technique. Photographers can check split and double image focusing for a subject in order to be extra sure of correct focus. And one trick for focusing on a subject where the horizontal lines is to turn the camera vertically for focusing and then return it to its horizontal position for taking the photo assuming a landscape orientation is desired. With no autofocus, the lens will naturally hold focus unless you move it. I'm gonna take a break right here and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at com. You can find the show notes and links at com, And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now, back to the show. And we're back. So continuing on about rangefinder cameras. Rapid focus. By using these focusing techniques, rangefinders work well in poor light, and they accommodate bad eyesight. Detecting poor focus is relatively easy when something like a telephone pole doesn't line up through the entire viewfinder, or when a person seems to have a faint double image lingering next to it, one that moves around when you move the lens-focusing ring. For this reason, rangefinders also allow for relatively fast focusing. With a short amount of practice, it's easy to tell if the lens-focus ring must move right or left to move the telephone pole or figure into alignment. Many aspects of photography become faster once the computer or machine gets out of the way. Now, rangefinders are popular for street and feature photography, but they're also useful for photographing children, animals, and sports. And one reason is the stable focus. Rangefinders allow you to easily focus on a spot, wait for the subject to pass by that predetermined place, and then quickly snap a frame. A rangefinder's viewfinder shows more than just the frame it puts on film or the sensor. Frame lines within the viewfinder show what will actually be captured in the resulting photo, but there is also additional space that provides a wider view of the scene for context. This feature of rangefinders lets photographers watch for action that is about to enter the frame and release the shutter when the moment is right. With an SLR camera, on the other hand, what you see through the viewfinder is roughly what you will get in your resulting photo, so a photographer will need to take their eye off the viewfinder or open their non-viewfinder eye in order to see the wider scene being photographed. No mirror. Granted, the absence of a mirror made more impact before mirrorless cameras, especially now that the DSLR is in a tailspin. Compared to a single-lens reflex camera, a rangefinder feels calm when clicked, and it makes very little noise. This allows for shooting at slower shutter speeds because no mirror means less camera shake. Quiet shutters keep you discreet on the street, in the subway, or wherever else you're inconspicuously snapping photographs of the unsuspecting public. No mirror also lets the lens sink into the camera body more, putting its rear element closer to the sensor or film plane, and this makes for an overall sharper image. The rangefinder's reliance on prime lenses also helps deliver superior image quality due to the prime lenses' simpler design and concentrated precision. Also, prime lenses are small because they lack autofocus motors and components. This makes the rangefinder setup especially good for travel and keeps a photographer discreet when doing street or even portrait work. Comparing a rangefinder to a single lens reflex becomes harder as the DSLRs disappear from the market. But back in the day, a rangefinder was noticeably smaller and lighter than a camera with a moving mirror inside of it. Today, rangefinders continue to weigh less than many mirrorless cameras, and they fit better in your pocket. The latest mirrorless cameras to rely on technology and autofocus to please users means they need more room to fit more electronics. Digital rangefinders don't need to be bulky. In fact, that contradicts their purpose. Rangefinders inspire simplicity in photography. Less computational technology is more for rangefinders. Simple usually translates to reliable, and in film rangefinders, this can extend as far as a purely mechanical camera that doesn't even need a battery. Now the re-released Leica M6 film camera, for example, only needs a battery for the light meter, but can operate fine without it. This can be great in extremely cold conditions and on long remote travels. But remember, a rangefinder is a different shooting experience. Accurate focusing is one thing. The feeling that you get while photographing is another. Is this not the most important aspect of photography after all? Well, thanks to their inherent simplicity, rangefinders reduce photography to its essence. Rangefinders take you back to the basics of photography. They let you concentrate on making photos without having to overthink. Forget excess buttons and beeps. Henri Cartier-Bresson made photos better than we will ever achieve and he used a rangefinder with no autofocus. But alas, no camera type is perfect, which is why it's fun and wise to own or practice with many. Rangefinders are certainly not for everyone. They can be a pain. Like any tool, they come with limitations. Rangefinders can definitely restrict your photography. But how? Well, parallax error. The viewfinder window on a rangefinder sits above and beside the lens. What you see is not what you get. This means you can inadvertently cut off parts of your subject. And parallax is worse at close range. Some rangefinders, like the Leica models, compensate for this by shifting the viewfinder's bright lines, the markers that can uh, determine the actual area of the film sensor's frame, as focus changes from near to far. But not all cameras offer this assistance. At large distances, parallax is insignificant. But close in, it becomes important and must be accounted for. In the digital world, parallax can be remedied with live view or with instant review. But with film, the photographer had better get to know his or her camera well and make necessary adjustments to compensate on the fly. Rangefinders make you do a lot of the photography work. Beginner photographers can learn much from a rangefinder, but the learning curve is very steep. Rangefinders will improve any photographer's technical chops, but they require an investment of time. Manual focus, no zoom, film, a basic light meter, parallax, rangefinders represent a myriad of obstacles. But apart from these challenges, rangefinders, especially the film versions, offer shutter speeds that aren't quite as fast as a single lens reflex camera. Some rangefinders top out at one one one-thousandth or even one five-hundredth of a second. With film and its fixed ISO, this can lead to serious sacrifices of aperture and thus depth of field. Rangefinders focus easiest with shorter focal length lenses. However, macro lenses do not work well with a rangefinder and neither does anything over 135 millimeters when focusing becomes a nightmare. Even a 90mm lens can be hard to focus when your subject is close or moving, and the lack of zoom options is limiting, especially when you have budget for a quiver of focal lengths to replace a standard zoom. Few digital rangefinders exist, and compared to entry-level or even top-of-the-line DSLRs and mirrorless, they are spendy. Plenty of affordable, even outright cheap rangefinders do exist in film, as mentioned below. But rangefinders require precision alignment to work properly, and cheaper options might not focus as sharply, or they might easily fall out of alignment. The above reasons suggest why most professional photographers today work with advanced camera systems mirrorless bodies that accept autofocus zoom lenses and come complete with an onboard mini computer. But photography is also art. And what fun is a camera that tries to outsmart and outmaneuver you that thinks it knows what you're trying to do? This is one reason why rangefinders has survived the last century of photography. Now, here are some rangefinders to consider trying. Film ones first. The Olympus R.C., This extremely compact camera makes no fuss. It has auto and manual exposure settings, but remains completely manual. A battery is used for the light meter, and it has a reputation for durability. The Olympus RC features a 42mm f2.8 lens. Then you have the Hasselblad X-Pan. The Hasselblad uses regular 35mm film to make 35mm photos. But it also features a panoramic mode to capture images in 24 by 65 millimeters. Two 35 millimeter frames together make this cool panoramic frame. The X-Pan is ruggedly made of titanium and aluminum, and it works with interchangeable lenses. Then we have the Fuji GW690 III, also known as the Texas Leica due to its size and weight. This medium format rangefinder nonetheless takes fine 6 by 9 centimeter medium format photos. It features an EBC Fujinon 90 millimeter f3.5 lens. No light meter and no battery means no nonsense and a long life for this classic film camera. Canonet Quiet, small, and unobtrusive, the Canonet is also a bargain but its 40mm f1.7 lens is perfectly capable of taking sharp contrast-rich photos. The viewfinder offers parallax compensation, but the light meter's mercury batteries are no longer available. Still a favorite of many film shooters. And what about digital rangefinders? Well, you have the Pixie. This little-known brand comes from France. It has a 26-megapixel APS-C BSI CMOS sensor and uses Leica M-mount lenses and offers a distinct monochrome shooting mode. The Pixie has an interactive optical viewfinder, which includes a rangefinder focusing rectangle, but also shows key information like exposure speed or exposure compensation. Then we have the Leica M11 the king of rangefinders, continues to bear the like a name. Evolved directly from the M3, the new M11 includes an array of high-tech features, including a pixel-shifting full-frame 60-megapixel BSI CMOS sensor. Its viewfinder has a focusing rectangle and arrows to tell you if your shot is over, under, or correctly exposed. This is pure rangefinder technology at a luxury mirrorless price. So in conclusion, using a rangefinder camera provides a photographer with simplicity, pleasure, limitations, and challenges. They might, be, might just be on the love-hate relationship of cameras. Naysayers aside, the rangefinder is beloved for its classic approach to photography and its brilliant focusing system, among other attributes good photography should not be as easy as a point-and-shoot, and rangefinder aficionados will argue that. While the entry cost for a digital rangefinder may exceed most budgets, a quality film rangefinder can set you back a few hundred dollars. The only way to know if rangefinder photography is your thing is to try one, which also provides a good excuse to shoot film. Just as with film, practicing with a rangefinder will make you a stronger photographer. And that alone is reason enough to pick one up. all right, that's going to wrap up episode 322 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. Also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media, and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified when new videos drop. Now, for next Thursday's episode, I have a special treat for my listeners. I will be interviewing Boo Ray Perry, who is a Tampa, Florida area event and wedding photographer. So next Thursday's episode, I'll have a sit down with him and we'll talk about wedding and event photography, uh, which is great because there are a couple of uh, genres of photography I haven't previously interviewed anybody on uh, before on this show. So it's definitely going to be an exciting episode. He has a very active YouTube channel, which you can find under Bure Perry. So you can check that out ahead of time. But that will be next Thursday's episode. This Sunday, as usual, will be the latest news and rumors that caught my eye for the week. And that's going to wrap this one up. I'll see you all again on Sunday. And one last thing, don't forget, you still have 41 days in which to enter my giveaway for a Platypod Extreme flat tripod.